Hi, I'm Scott Corelli. And I'm Nick Jimenez in the news. And we're from Back to the Future Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the entire Back to the Future trilogy one minute at a time. Like the minute when Principal Strickland becomes a vigilante hero of the wasteland after Biff takes over Hill Valley in the alternate 1985 timeline. I I don't... Wait, I don't I don't remember. Or that. the minute where we learn that Dr. Emmett Brown is secretly the saxophone king of Hill Valley. Hold on. When when did that or when did that happen? When we slowly start to realize that George McFly may have murdered both of his parents. Okay. Now I don't I don't remember that being in the movies. Well, Scott, that's because none of those things are actually in the movies, but it's all stuff that we talk about on Back to the Future Minute. Back to the Future Minute, available at DuelingGenre.com and wherever you get your podcasts. Dueling Genre. We solemnly swear we're up to no good. fan podcast where we overanalyze the Harry Potter movies one magical minute at a time. I'm Gary Roby. I'm Adora Laguna. And uh, this Tuesday we're talking about minute 52. Forgot for a second there. Minute 52 (laughs) starts with McGonagall thanking Ron for that wonderful compliment. And it ends with Draco enraptured as Snape says that he can bottle bottle fame and brew glory. Um... We already talked about it, but my very first note says, Harry's mouth hanging open as McGonagall threatens to transform one of them into a pocket watch. So they wouldn't be late. Yeah. Well, I'll transform one of you two into a pocket watch. They said they got lost. Yeah, they got lost. like, go math then. Um, When when Harry says, we got lost, um, I looked in the book to see if uh, the map line was something that was in the book or if that was something they made up for the movie. What I found was that... uh, Filch got particularly mad at them one day because the two, because Ron and Harry were trying to force their way through a door that was locked. Uh, and they found out, um, when Filch got angry at them that the door that they were trying to get through was the door to the closed off third floor corridor. And Filch would not believe them when they said they got lost. So when, uh, when they get lost here, when he, when they tell, uh, McGonagall they got lost here, it's because they were trying to go see Fluffy. All right. They didn't know. They didn't know. Maybe they did know. I like to think that maybe the two of them were like, why is this place off limits? An old writing getting into mischief? Yeah. Shame on them. Shame on them. <laughs> They're boys. Uh, Do you okay. really think Dumbledore meant it when he said we'd die a most painful death? I was like, nah, I bet he says that to all the first years. It's like, nah, he doesn't scare you. Yeah. Fred and George tell me that, that uh, Dumbledore has all sorts of stories like that. I bet he does. Um... Yeah, I don't know, but I I just love it. I just love that, like, for the first ten seconds of this, Harry's mouth is just hanging open. So, so they, 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 he complains that they got lost, and then McGonagall says, then perhaps a map, which is not in the book. Yes. Okay. So, the Prisoner of Azkaban book came out a few months before, uh, 
several months before this movie did. Okay. And I wonder if this map line is a nod to the Marauders map. Oh. Like foreshadowing? What just like playful nod to the audience like, oh, we know that there's a map. But I want to know, like, are there actual maps? Like, can you go into the, in the, you know, I don't know, the Great Hall or go into the, the, the... You need to find some directory, like, at a mall. In the entrance hall, there's, like, a big, <laughs> uh, there's a big map on a stand, so like, in the mall. Here. Yeah. <laughs> this is how you get everywhere. And like, even oh, the map is enchanted, so that the, the, the moving staircases will move, and you can kind of, like, figure out what the timing of the staircase... Do, the, do they move willy-nilly? They probably can't move between more than a couple different positions, Right, right. They can only go so far. It's so, like so floors or maybe it's not that they're like super complicated because they're just moving on like a set path. But you just have to kind of know what the timing is to make it to the top. Yeah, and how long does it take before it goes from one position to the other? I don't know. Does it happen every hour, every half an hour? That's a long. I would say you know a few minutes. Like when we when we pan up the length of the tower earlier, we see the staircase like going up and up and up. Um. All the staircases on every floor, like the staircase, there's a staircase on every floor that's moving. And I don't think, unless it happens every 30 minutes and we just happen to see it on the moment where everything shifts, like I would, I think that they're constantly moving. Not constantly, but I don't think that they stop for more than a couple, maybe a minute or two at a time. I think every five minutes is still kind of generous. Hmm. It doesn't take that long to walk a flight of stairs. Depends on how long that flight of stairs is. A big place. Yeah, but I mean the specific flight that's moving at a given time, time is probably like twenty steps. You have five minute window. I think you're okay. All right. Maybe. Maybe. Unless you have a limp or something. <laughs> if you have crutches, struggling to get up the fourteenth staircase you've had to climb, trying to get to the top of Gryffindor Tower. Let's <sighs> just keep going. I'll get there eventually. But then, like, if it moves to somewhere you don't want to go, you just wait. Like, you I'm just wait it out. Yeah, sit here and wait for it to move. Go back. All right. That's what I would do. Right. Or you just find another path. I guess. That's frustrating. Hogwarts is huge. It is huge. It is huge, and there are secret passageways everywhere. Filch apparently knows all the secret passageways. Um, better than anyone than perhaps the Weasley twins. And the only reason the twins are so good is because they have the map. Right, exactly. It's not like they went and discovered them on yeah. their own. And he's a squib. And he knows what all the, the secret mm-hmm. passages are. He's really good. So so she makes the Snyder remark about the map. And then tells them to find their seats. And then we cut to Snape's classroom. Yay! I'm 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 very excited to hear you talk Snape this week because <laughs> I have this new interesting book. Snape that tells me all this interesting stuff. A definitive reading by Lori Kim. We'll get into her uh, into her book in a little bit. Um, I have a couple of notes, not a ton of notes. This again, we're in uh, the Laycock Abbey. This is uh, this is the sacristy um, in the Abbey that they use for the. Uh, classroom that Snape has here. And Snape, like, busts through the door. Like, that door slams open. Yeah, it's, it, it slams and bounces back. Yeah. With the reverberation. Do you think that he slammed the door open, or did he, like, he definitely, like, like used a spell, right? Like, that's his wand. That, like, flung the door open. I don't think that he would gain himself to, like, push the door himself. 
that makes it cool. The the yeah. way he strides in. And then the first thing he says is, there will be no foolish wand waving. And I'm like, wait a minute, you just bust through the door like, <laughs> like, like Cusco. <laughs> Boom, baby. <laughs> Oh Lord, that Alan Rickman voice <laughs> saying saying that I, I, just can't, I can't I can't do it. Either. I wish I could do accents, but I can't. I can't do voices. No, me neither. Oh well, well, kind of, but not that voice. No, I'm not gonna try. His is very distinctive. Mm-hmm. So he tells them there'll be no silly incantations in this class. Uh, as he climbs to the front of the room, you know, I for some reason I remember him like putting, like. Closing windows and put... That's in one of the later movies, right? Mm-hmm. Closes all the windows and puts out all the... Puts out the lights. I kind of half expected him there. to, like, like pinch that, that candle flame out when he gets to the oh, top funny. of the steps there. Um, Just the way that they frame that shot. But... I don't know. We see him at the front of the class. All the students looking out. uh, Just a sea... A sea of children. A once sea, more. A sea of children. Uh... They're all just silhouetted in here because it's super dark in, in Snape's classroom. Yes. It's, Snape's classroom is supposed to be in the dungeons, right? It's supposed to be in the dungeons because, well, if you think about it, uh, he has stores of ingredients for potions, and a lot of those are temperamental. Mm. So you need to have certain, you know, temperatures and that makes environments sense. for them to be in. So I it imagine makes more sense that, be in that dungeon. being in a dungeon, it's like dank and... And, um, so if you need plant life and that, that are, kind of yeah. thing, that it can stay fresh or good sure. in there for whatever uses. Mm-hmm. Very still. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like they didn't keep it. We do see a lot of little like tinctures and, um, there's some bottles on the, on the one side and there's like a cauldron, a couple cauldrons on a flame on the, on the other side. It's kind of like a chemistry classroom. It's exactly what it is. Potions is basically the muggle chemi- is 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 magical chemistry. magical chemistry. Yeah. Where does alchemy fit in? Alchemy is. I think I alchemy feel like is it's like a mixture of that, but plus like there's a lot of runes and 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 like you need to have um. But it also has to do with like symbols and everything. Mm-hmm. You need that. sure. Involved usually. Alchemy also has. I think alchemy is closer to chemistry in that there's a study of, um, like chemical properties and like different types of metals and turning things into other things. I read this. No, there's an episode of Nova. Oh, you remember Nova? Nova? PBS is Nova. Do you love there's an Nova. episode of Nova. It's great. Um. I haven't watched it in a long time, but there's an episode about Isaac Newton and all about like his obsession with alchemy and how he believed that um, passages from alchemical texts were actual um, like chemical formulas for changing um, different properties, like literally turning lead into gold and shit like that. Like the that's how the story goes. That's what the Philosopher's Stone, quote unquote, does. But um Talked about how he used a lot of that study to, uh, I don't know, people were messing with, like, mercury back then and, like, different types of metals and, and fiddling with them and seeing what the properties were. This is, like, really early into the study of, like, chemical properties of things before they knew about, like, electrons and atoms and structure of molecules and stuff like that. It's really, really weird stuff. There's also an idea of, like... 
alchemical principles being used to like transform yourself and, and turn yourself into this like higher being. There's also alchemy was weird. I'm really fascinated yeah, by it. it. We'll have a whole discussion. Yeah. 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 Um Is this where the minute ends? No, we still oh, have about thirty seconds left in this oh. minute. Um he he's talking to the class and he's he's telling them that uh he doesn't believe that any of them or many of them will appreciate the subtle science of potion making and that some of them won't think that in the book, he says that some of you won't even deign to consider this magic. But um, for those of you who have a, for those select few, he looks right at Malfoy who possess the predisposition. I can teach you. His pauses, his pauses are so dramatic. Are, are, are the best. They're so. They really work. They're they're great. They're really really add weight to what he's saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He tells him that he can teach him how to bewitch the mind, ensnare the senses. Um, what's that third? Oh, and ensnare the senses. And then he tells him that he can uh, bottle the fame, bottle fa- fame, brew glory. And even put a stopper in death. Uh, I like that when he says bottle frame and blue brew glory. Flame, fame. He keeps saying frame and flame. I know. My fame. Bottle fame. When he I says know. bottle fame, it cuts back to Draco. Yeah, right, right, right. Uh, brew glory in Draco's face goes like lifts up. Like That's the end of the minute. But uh, you said there was something like big about this line that he there, there's there's a lot of things that have already come into play in the importance of Harry Potter and his re- relationship with Snape. Okay. Um with that with with the basis of 7 always being like a really important number in Harry Potter. 7. Um, Why 7? There's seven Horcruxes. There's seven books. There's oh, there's seven, seven years of school. Seven years of school. There's there's the usage of seven a lot. I've never really considered that. Um, and for Harry Potter, there are seven people that are the most important to him that have shaped him to who he ended up being by the end of the book. Okay, which include his two friends, obviously. Yes. Uh, Hermione and Ron. Uh, Dumbledore, Hagrid, McGonagall, Sirius Black. And Snape. And Snape. Ah. No, 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 not Sirius Black. I am miss... I am I am wrong in that. Hold on. Is Lupin? No. It is someone we've already met. Oh, there we go. Hagrid, Voldemort, oh, Dumbledore, Quirrell, Malfoy, we- no, Weasley, Malfoy. Hermione. Just for this book. I'm not, not, oh. not for his life. Just for this book. Oh. The, fir- oh, oh, the first oh, oh, seven oh. people that's going to, like, help him through his first year here are these seven people. It's Hagrid, Dumbledore, Voldemort, Quirrell, Malfoy, Weasley, Hermione, McGonagall, uh, and Snape. And Snape is the last person he meets. Okay. He, even though he hasn't met Voldemort yeah. face to face, like he's still there and he's already met Quirrell. And of course I'm using, this is more of a basis of the books sure. that I'm reading from, uh, as opposed to everything well, else. Well, is the case here too, this is the last person that Harry's going to meet. That's true. Well, I Flitwick and Hoochin. But this is uh the last of the characters that you are mentioning. Right. This is the last Because we've already had This is the last important character Lord. that's going to like shape this first year of his of school. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um 
it, it's uh, it, it sets up for a lot of miscommunications between the two of them and how um the first thing that we get like I mean we're not there yet I'm already talking about like the next minute so I'm gonna like try to veer away from that part um but he's already kind of correlated Snape with the hurting of his scar yes which is misinformation it's a miscommunication between his himself and what he's associating something with yeah because the first time it happened it happened while snape was looking right at exactly uh so it's a lot of there's that first miscommunication of already projecting like oh this guy i should be wary of this guy already because now i'm feeling these things that uh i wasn't feeling before and he already knows that He's a dark person because of what Percy said. Yes. That he's looking for, he wants the dark arts it's job. The, it's the dark arts he fancies. Exactly. So he already knows that about him. So it's like all these already negative connotations. So when Snape comes in and does these lines and he looks at Malfoy, um, it's very important to give a high morale to his Slytherin first years. Yes. He's very good at it. Um, in the books, I, I, it gets, it gets, it gets taken out that we don't really realize it, that in the books, he's only 31. Oh yeah. That makes sense. Of course. He's only 31 and he started teaching there and he was 24 and right away, first year he's there, he leads the Slytherin's house to victory. Okay. And does so every year that he's there. So he's very good at what he does. He's very good at having that morale for his house. Um, And unfortunately, Snape being the flawed person that he is, is uh, very immature. Uh, Okay. And and, and, and that's because of stuff that Gaunt had that happened in his life that we don't even know about yet. Yeah, things that are still haunting him. Things that are still haunting him. Exactly. by by him coming in and literally the first thing he's doing is insulting his kids foolish foolish wand waving yeah disregards any wand stuff any of that kind of stuff because what he uh values most is the mind Mm -hmm. and potion making is extremely like you don't use your wands for that it is yeah you're definitely hunched over looking at things yourself this with your work. own eyes like this is a thing and that's why it's this I takes mean, it's not that he's being cruel or being mean he's just very passionate like like mm-hmm. this is hard stuff most of you aren't going yeah to stay with this because it's going to be too you don't have that dedication and it's not that like he's cruel like i said it's not like that he's mean or, or being cruel about it it's just uh, a fact it's a pattern it's he's been doing this already for so many years yeah. And it's like, I already know. I already know. And there's a pattern. And, and unfortunately, sure, he's punishing them by calling them names and doing that already because of, again, past experiences. But it's bad on his part. Yeah, he tells the kids. He even calls them dunderheads. He says, you're here to learn the subtle science and exact art of potion making in the book. He says, As there is little foolish wand waving here, many of you will hardly believe this is magic. I don't expect you will really understand the beauty of the softly simmering cauldron, with its shimmering fumes, the delicate power of liquids that creep through human veins, bewitching the mind and snaring the senses. I can teach you how to bottle fame, brew glory, even stop or death. 
if you aren't as big a bunch of dunderheads as I usually have to teach. Right. Yes, he's very insulting, almost condescending. Yeah. But it's, like, not without a purpose. It's not without reasoning. Mm -hmm. It's all bitterness because of, like, I've already been doing this for six years. I already know that most of you aren't just gonna... This isn't something you're gonna basically choose to do for the rest of your magical life type of thing. So it's just kind of funny how, like, all this context that's that surrounds him in his aura of like here's this aloofness aloofness yeah. this voice and this you know how they describe him in the book a uh, hook nose greasy hair like definitely like the you don't want to interact picture with him. of him in the illustrated novel <laughs> right is fantastic because he's got like his hands on the desk on either side he's got a cauldron and and so he's got this kind of green glow coming up that's oh, kind of nice. illuminating him and his hair is just like long and greasy and he's just kind of like like crow like it's very um sinister like, 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 yeah he's, he he paints a very sinister picture of yeah. himself without being a sinister person i think that maybe you know this is the this is a darker classroom than mcgonagall's was but i think maybe even uh in the later movies when he like closes all the windows like you really get that sense of like the kind of a oppre- not oppressiveness but sort of this uh this darkness that's that he surrounds himself with because it's really bright in here. Yeah, I mean, it's, Chris Columbus is brighter again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It shouldn't be this bright at all. It should definitely be much darker. You can tell there's not a whole lot of candles in there. Yeah, but there is a window, couple so, windows, a couple of windows. Yeah, it's definitely not in the dungeons like it should be. But oh well. I mean, oh, what, well. Are you gonna, what are you gonna do? But uh, most of my other Snape stuff has to do with his interaction with Harry tomorrow. With Harry tomorrow. Okay. Um, that's okay. We can save that. I have a good a bit of notes for I, tomorrow as well. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, I apologize. I totally screwed up that whole, like, rule of seven thing. Like, I was mixing up the rule of seven with something else that I read that's not in this book. Uh, but they do mention in this book, of all the important people in Harry's first year, Snape is the one he encounters last. And it is, uh, the number of people that I read off, which is actually, like, he would be the, uh, the ninth person for, oh. for this book. Uh, I read another article probably off of BuzzFeed, because I read a lot of BuzzFeed yeah. stuff, in which it, it did count, it was all about, like, a conspiracy theory about the rules of seven, and I think that was just, like, mixing Relating things that into, yeah, together. Say, I feel like you counted more than seven people. Right, and I was like, I was just, like, mixing things together, and I was like, wait a minute, see what happens when I read things but before, yeah. I, and then I read other things, and then I mix it together. The, that the, was the nine people that influence Harry. For the, in his first year. In his year. first year. Okay. Cool. Those are all important people, and he has yeah. met them all, even though he doesn't really know he's met Voldemort yet. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, we've had a couple of inner. We've Voldemort's definitely had a had a, a, a profound effect on Harry already. Like he he survived the encounter with Voldemort when he was a child. We got the talk of Voldemort with uh, um, Mister Ollivander a couple of weeks, a few weeks ago. Um, he shares a wand core with him. Like there's already interactions that are happening. That are significant. Okay, I think that's it. Thanks again for joining us, everybody. You can find us at DuelingGenre.com and HPMinute.com, along with uh, Back to the Future Minute and Lord of the Rings Minute, with the, which are both running right now. Um, the Doctor's Companion and Geek by Night, and a couple of other shows that Dueling Genre produces, uh, as well as some future shows that have uh, begun being talked about. I don't know if it's up to 
they're not officially announced yet, but there's more stuff coming. So keep an eye out over there at DuelingGenre.com and uh, join us tomorrow for minute number 53. Mischief Managed. I'm like in my book. I know. You're you're over there reading while I'm wrapping up here. You're Sorry. already ready for the next minute. I know I am. <laughs> I'm already ready. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Mischief, Mischief Managed. managed. <laughs> Thank you.